Hello and welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Chloe, and I want you to know that my intention behind this podcast is and always will be to expand your heart and your mind and help you discover new ideas, thoughts, and ways of being. I hope that with each episode, you leave this space feeling inspired, filled with love, and ready to take action in creating a life that is worth living. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. All right, everyone. So today on this episode four, I have Zach on the podcast, and I'm super stoked about this. Um, Zach and I have actually never met. We've only just connected via Instagram. I think we've maybe been following each other, I don't even know, for a few years, but we connected because of our extreme passion for veganism and philosophy and psychedelic drug experiences. Um, So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast today. This is going to be a really just chilled out conversation between me and Zach. I honestly have no idea where it's going to go but we're going to place a lot of our focus just talking about like our philosophy around veganism and how it kind of ties into like psychedelic drug experiences that we've had. And Zach is really dope, has um, a job of jumping out of planes and packing parachutes while also being a vegan activist and preaching and being a voice for the animals. So yeah, we love Zach and I'm super stoked to chat with him. Um, So welcome, Zach. (laughs) Thank you, Chloe. It's awesome to be here. I'm stoked that you invited me on. Yeah, it's going to be a really dope conversation. Um, But before we get into it, I just want to ask you a question that I'm going to ask everyone at the start of the podcast. And that is, what is your favorite personal practice as of lately or just something that brings you a lot of joy? Um, When it comes to personal practice, for me lately, um, I've really been focused on... um, on working and stuff right now and just kind of like being productive and like uh, uh, just kind of saving money and stuff like that. So a practice that I've been doing a lot lately has been kind of like checking in with myself on like, um, I guess the purpose of certain things that I do. Um, I think so much of our behavior is so automatic all the time that um, we'll just start doing something and just kind of, it just leads us somewhere and we don't kind of, we just, it wasn't a conscious process, I, I suppose is what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, so for me, as I'm going through my day and stuff like that, when I'm about to do something every once in a while, I'll just check in with myself and be like, am I doing this consciously because I'm pursuing a particular outcome? Is this helping me in some way? Or is this just something that I do automatically? And I've noticed it's really helpful with me for me um, uh, at work because... Um, I go to work to pack parachutes to make enough money to pay my bills and stuff like that and to um, develop myself as a skydiver and stuff like that. Um, But every once in a while, I'll get into these side conversations that don't serve me and don't serve anyone else really and just um, turn into these debates that go nowhere and things like that. So I sort of, I guess it's just a stoic sort of practice of, uh, you know. That's epic. I love that. It's like conscious evaluation of self, like always getting in the habit of asking yourself, like, is this productive? Is this serving me? Am I doing this intentionally? Totally. Like just not letting your behaviors go automatically and unevaluated. Um, Like having everything that you're doing be something that you check in with and um, do on purpose, I guess, you know? Yeah, which kind of goes hand in hand with veganism and eating a plant-based diet. So totally, we'll totally speak about that more. I'm sure in the next hour. Hundred um, percent. Amazing, cool. Well, I would love to. I guess just because no one probably knows who you are unless they follow you on Instagram by happenstance. Um, if you just want to kind of like briefly explain, like who you are, like what you do and what you're passionate about. And then we can just kind of jump into whatever that ends with. Um, all right, I'll try. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where to start, I guess. I think 
Well, you bring up psychedelics, and I think that's an interesting. That'd be a good place to kind of start, I guess, because they have played a really big role in my life. I, I mean, as early as 15 years old, I was taking LSD, and um, I started smoking pot when I was like 13 or whatever. Um, I was very good at school, especially in things like mathematics and science and stuff like that. Um, and I would like do really well on all my tests and stuff, but I also didn't ever want to do any homework and. I think these psychedelic experiences I was having was kind of making me question the whole institution of higher learning, um, especially finding that um, I was most of the learning I was doing was um, happening on my own, where I'd become really interested in something and pick up a book. And meanwhile, um, my teachers didn't seem to have very much to offer to me. So it kind of put me in this place very, very early on where I just, um, questioned like all the the powers that be and the status quo and all that kind of stuff and so i ended up actually getting sent away in high school because i just started skipping school because i was like <laughs> this is this is stupid I, I i know that even if i do really well which i know i can do i'm just gonna end up with some salary doing some job that you know isn't extreme isn't like super fulfilling or anything but you know, so I was like, there must be more to life than this. So I was just blown off school. My parents, you know, I was still 16 at the time. My parents were like, dude, you're so smart and you're so good at, you know, you're so good at this stuff. Like, we're not going to let you throw your life away like this. So they basically sent me to a wilderness program, like a therapeutic wilderness program, and then a boarding school after that. And that was an eight-month ordeal, that whole process. Wow. And yeah. And then I ended up going to college for physics where um i ended up dropping out with a 3.6 gpa because the experiments i was doing in my dorm room were much more interesting to me than the ones we were doing in the lab um <laughs> and those are experiments that i was doing with uh psilocybin and lsd and stuff like that um and then after dropping out um of school i did some traveling and stuff like that and eventually found skydiving i grew up riding bmx bikes so i've always been an extreme sports kind of guy um and I just decided that I wanted to make my living in skydiving uh, so I could at least support myself that way while I uh, explore and pursue other things also on top of that, I guess. So that's sort of like how I ended up to where, how I got to where I am now. Um, when was the first time that you, that you jumped out of a plane? Uh, my first jump was in December of 2016. Um, so I had been living in Santa Barbara for a few years, just working at a call center. and. Um, living with roommates like right in downtown Santa Barbara it was actually a really cool setup but we lived for the weekend and we just would go drink and party and I was taking tons of psychedelics at this point too but not really in a you know it was combined with alcohol and things like that we were just kind of I don't know it turned out to after a while it wasn't a very fulfilling lifestyle and I saw that I saw on the internet there were people that were skydiving that were slightly younger than me I th I always knew I wanted to skydive at some point in the future, but when I saw these kids skydiving that were like a little bit younger than me, I realized like, what am I waiting for? So I went and did two tandems on the same day, actually, in um, <laughs> December of 2016, because I showed up and I was like, I'm not here to do one tandem jump. I'm here to start the process of becoming a skydiver. And they're like, all right, we'll give you, we'll do two jumps and then get you set up with all the material you need to proceed um into pursuing your license that's amazing and when you did the first jump you were like yep okay this is my thing <laughs> um yeah i mean i i feel like i fell in love with it before i even did it you know and then when i did it it was everything i hoped and expected it would be and a little more even you know um so yeah i went into that first jump knowing i wanted to get my license and it is really fun and it's really a beautiful experience um being up there in the sky w without being inside of an aircraft um and being able to fly your body and stuff like that is 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 really unbelievable i actually did two jumps today i i was um doing my coach course here in california over the past few days um that's the first instructor rating that you can get in skydiving so it's just sort of a step in the process of getting all the qualifications I can in the sport. Amazing. So do you say you're like, do you 
in addition to skydiving, you're doing like anything that provides you that same feeling of like adrenaline and present moment awareness throughout your whole body. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think, yeah, I, I do like to pursue things that, um, that make me feel alive, I guess, like to, to put it as simply as possible. Like, I know you've seen the video of my base jump. I only have one base jump, but uh, for those who are listening who don't know, a uh, base jump is basically a parachute jump from a fixed object instead of an aircraft. And base is actually an acronym that stands for building, antenna, span, and earth. So building would be like a skyscraper, antenna is like a cell tower, whatever. Span is any sort of bridge and earth being uh, the cliffs and stuff that you see people jumping wingsuits off of. Um, And yeah, it's just, you know, you do risk your life with those kinds of things. But um, I don't know, without without getting too deep all at once here, um, I think that... (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I think our predicament as humans is so absurd, you know, like the, and it can, it can make you a little nuts, you know, um, just the, just the fact that we, none of us sort of, um, as far as we know, um, intentionally came here, although, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would say we signed that we have soul contracts or whatever, <laughs> but, um, you know, we just kind of ended up in this reality and we're all doomed. We're all going to die. Um, <laughs> very <laughs> very optimistic of you well no, it's true it's you know objectively you know yeah i know you're just teasing but you know objectively we are all gonna die so um you know a lot of people um it, it's interesting the, the types of things that people pursue in life given the fact that we're gonna die I, and and speaking of psychedelic experiences you know these psychedelic experiences kind of emphasize um the impermanence of everything, the absurdity of everything, um, the dreamlike nature of reality, because a lot of people who haven't had psychedelic experiences seem to like really be convinced of how solid and real, um, all of this is. But when you realize that, um, your only reference frame is your own consciousness, which is essentially a dreamlike, uh, phenomena that is sustained by your brain, I suppose. Um, you know, you realize that collecting things and status and stuff like that is completely hollow, completely empty. So the question then becomes like, what can we do that will really mean something? And um, I found meaning in um, in um, confronting like really terrifying things like jumping off of a bridge where the only thing separating me from like certain death is the parachute on my back. <laughs> and um, I've also... <laughs> And I've also found a lot of meaning through veganism too. Um, So, you know, when you realize that, um, I don't know, I'm kind of like, my thought process is kind of like diverging right now into the veganism and the base jumping, but. um, Easy, no worries. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I got to digress there, I guess. I'm kind of like, I'm losing it, but. I forget what your your initial prompt was there, even (laughs) your initial question. Yeah, but just. I mean, my initial question was just like, why, why you do base jumping? Why you do skydiving? And okay, because like we're all going to die anyways. And like realizing that this is just a dream, really. And a psychedelics helps us understand that this the impermanence of life. And yeah, um, and, and then, so like, how can we dream the dopest dream possible? <laughs> you know, um, totally. And so I think that. Um, you know, I mentioned to you that I, I have this dream of, of writing this book um, and without getting way too into it, the the first part of my book basically concludes with the fact that you are the universe and that you're in the present moment, which is an eternal phenomenon that will never go anywhere. So is here and now. And no matter where you go in life or where you go in the world or what time it is or how old you are, you're in the here and now. And um, um Wow, I lost, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but the book. Oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the first part. And the second part is, well, yeah, you may come to that realization, that really profound realization, um, but you're still having the human experience, you know, and you still have responsibilities. You still have, you're still in space and in time. So, um, and reality moves in a predictable way where you can be responsible and you can produce results for yourself. Um, but I, I found that 
when you only live like that, when you only live as strategically and responsibly as possible, you realize the only thing you're serving is your own ego and your own ability to control the universe, you know, by your own will. And I think the real magic comes out of life when um, something spontaneous happens, something happens that um, has no real purpose, like, like art, for example, like when people create art, it's not, you know, someone creates art with the intent of selling it and making a lot of money and or becoming uh, or acquiring status or money or power or whatever, then they're, they make shitty art, you know? But when someone's really truly inspired and they make a true work of art, um, they do it be- just because, you know? And just like you'd say, why would you want to jump off of a fucking bridge with a parachute on? And the answer really is just because. And I would argue that the answer to why are we alive? What's the purpose of life? Or like, you know, the answer would be just because, you know? And so I guess base jumping and psychedelics and, and, and like, why be compassionate to animals? You know, it's like, just because like, you know, we got, <laughs> wouldn't you prefer that animals don't suffer? Wouldn't that be more of a beautiful reality? Um, not because it'll pay off in the end or something. Yeah. I mean, it will no, pay like, off. Driving motive other than just knowing it's like the highest frequency. Of yeah, <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. And it's funny because it will pay off like environmentally and sustainably and stuff. But like the purpose is in itself. It's in, it's in creating a more beautiful world just so that be- more beautiful world will exist. More sustainable, more compassionate world. Um, and yeah, same with, same with base jumping, I guess. I'd like to jump off that bridge so I could see what it felt like to just like jump into the unknown like that. And it's like an act of faith too, which is really cool. You like, you have, you're terrified. <laughs> And you just leap into the unknown, having faith that. And I remember the moment too, because it wasn't that fun, just because I was so focused. But I remember jumping and being like, "Okay, where's the parachute? Where's the parachute?" And then it opened, like, "There's the parachute." <laughs> oh my god, my heart would be beating out of my chest. No, but I really like the way that you're depicting this and explaining this, like, kind of how this weird dynamic of how like your career, if you will, of base jumping and skydiving and psychedelics and veganism, like kind of, kind of weirdly (laughs) lines. Um, And I think it's really unique and cool. Um, So I'm curious how you would think, or you would explain that psychedelics kind of helps illuminate the path of like veganism for you or like how it helps you make the connection of like how we're all one and like how there's unity in everything and there's no difference between like us and plants and animals etc um i think in a few ways um like i think we talked about this earlier um i think like so when i started um when i discovered cannabis when i was like 13 or whatever and started getting stoned all the time I totally immersed myself in like the hippie culture and uh, hippies were all really nice animals. (laughs) So I totally thought vegetarianism was cool. You know, it seemed interesting to me like, oh, cool. We don't have to eat animals. That's nice. Like, oh yeah. Um, And then at first it was kind of just like, I tried it and I felt lighter and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. I'm down with this. So I went vegetarian then for a while. And um, then... um, I I ended up going vegan later on, just when I saw when I discovered what was going on in the dairy and egg industries. Um, but I think I was predisposed to sort of like that uh, that I was predisposed to being able to empathize with the animals because of my psychedelic experiences. So I think one of the trademark um, uh, characteristics of the psychedelic experience is. Um, recognizing that your ego is completely an illusion the this the sense of you being this human being whose eyes you're looking out of and whose body you're in is completely illusory um and that our identity deep deep down um our true identity at our core is um formless and um is basically like consciousness, pure consciousness, pure awareness, um, pure being or whatever. And so when you recognize something like that and you see an animal, 
you recognize that they're not just similar to you in the sense that they're having an experience, they have eyes and ears and stuff, but that we're actually 100% identical um, in our, um, in our hearts, so to speak, you know, like, um, uh, because we're, we all want to be loved, um, because that's sort of like the nature of, I mean, wait, didn't you say you wanted to ask me to define love? Yeah. But I think what you're saying is really beautiful. Just saying how like our existence is formless and like, we all have a consciousness. We all have a heart, like us and animals like we have yeah yeah they're sentient beings as are we they want love they want affection they want to procreate they want to live they want to be happy they want to experience joy it's the same yeah and so i think that like love is almost a recognition that we aren't separate it's this like surrendering of our separateness is like what love is i think and and when you surrender to the fact that you're not separate from these animals. Um, it just makes sense. It, it, we're all in the same predicament. Like us and animals are in the same exact predicament of feeling like these isolated little beings that are, you know, we're, we're there's na- reality is naturally sort of scary, you know, and, and, and lonely and, you know, um, existing as an individual like whether you're an animal or a human yeah you get that like lonely fearful sort of like um background i guess and when we're able to come together and and see that we're we're actually not these isolated little lonely islands i guess and that we're actually all part of one another um that's like Um, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's so real, you know, I I don't know how else to describe it. It's just so real that it's intuitively valid. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how to wrap up that line of of thought there, but I feel like for me, like the universal thought or feeling that continuously comes to my mind, like if I'm doing mushrooms or whatever is just like unconditional love for everything and everyone for my human experience for the sand that I'm laying on or the trees that are next to me or the birds that are flying in the sky like I feel this wave of unconditional love and connection to earth and to myself and to nature and to animals and I think Actually, every time, I think almost every time I've done mushrooms, like the message of being vegan has become very, very clear to me. Like I remember the last time I did mushrooms on Kauai after I had finished and was kind of like coming back to reality, I had like all of these insane realizations about how much I feel for the animals. Like I actually started like heavily sobbing because I could almost like empathically feel their pain and their suffering and I remember just wanting everyone to feel this because we're so disconnected from where our food comes from like I would say 90% of people they don't correlate their food with a living animal they're just like oh this is steak or oh this is cheese or oh this is scrambled eggs they don't think about like oh this actually came from an animal that was like horribly horribly treated tortured suffered and not sought after not cared for and then processed and packaged probably three months ago and now this is just like rotting disgusting animal flesh um so totally i think yeah it is it is really disgusting it people are really disconnected i went to you just reminded me of a conversation i had with a good friend of mine the other day because i went to a vigil a chicken vigil um in las vegas where i live now and um a buddy of mine responded and was like wow i never really like thought of this um i never really considered that like the food that i'm eating really did include like the chickens being transported while they're alive to a facility where they would be slaughtered and prepared for human consumption and i told him i said dude when i see chicken in the store this is the imagery that it immediately evokes in my mind and i think that um people 
um, suppress that. Like if they ever find themselves, if they ever find that imagery coming up in their head, if they ever find themselves thinking about the slaughterhouse or thinking about the industry when they're eating, they, it makes them so uncomfortable that they just, they, they, uh, force it, um, back into the, their unconscious or whatever. And they practice doing that. So then when, you know, presented when that's why, you know, I think we, people like us, like vegan activists get such a horrible reaction from people sometimes is because they're like, dude, I've been trying to keep myself unaware of this. I know about it, but I've been actively resisting my awareness of it. And you're making that much more difficult for me right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, (laughs) and I think speaking to the relationship between psychedelic experience and veganism, I think, um, between my background in physics and my psychedelic experiences, because I don't know if I mentioned I did study, I studied physics while I, while I was at school. Um, and I, I was good at it, but, um, psychedelics kind of make me, I tend to see everything as one continuous energy when I'm really high <laughs> on something like acid. Uh, and by the way, everyone, we're not insinuating that anyone goes out and does these drugs. We're just sharing our experiences. I'm not suggesting that you don't go out and do these drugs either. <laughs> take it, take, take what you can from this conversation. Take it easy, but take it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Terrence McKenna. But um, uh, he said, take it easy, dude, but take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when you see everything as this one continuous energy and this isn't even some hippy dippy jargon. Um, you know, if you look at it from a physicist perspective, everything is really one continuous energy. Um, Einstein discovered the conversion, the convertibility between matter and energy and, um, summed it up with his perfect, awesome, very quaint little equation equals MC squared. Um, it's so like poetic how small that equation is, but, um, anyway, um, if you look at the food chain, people bring up the food chain argument to defend eating meat, which is so silly because if you consider what the food chain really means, it means that there's a source of all of this energy and nutrition and that somehow being at the top of this food chain and having as many items in between you and the source is somehow a good thing. And that makes you like the king of the, of the food chain or something. Where like obviously you want to get as close to the source of the food chain as you can, and I, you know, I, this makes me think of this image of you know you talk a lot about raising your vibration and stuff like that. The farther from the source of that energy you get, the lower the vibration is. You know, it slows yeah. down and it just so like and and even from a thermodynamic perspective, which is the physics of the transfer of energy. Energy comes from the sun. It Plants conduct photosynthesis. They're able to build amino acids, carbohydrates, fats, etc., using nothing but the dirt in the ground, the nitrogen in the air, um, the carbon dioxide in the air, and water. And like you have those three ingredients and a seed and sunlight, and you have now all of a sudden you have all of this nutritional energy available in the form of carbohydrates and all this stuff, and all that energy came from the sun. The idea that we should do, we should grow plants to feed to animals to then eat the animals is, is as illogical to me as, um, you know, let's say you were buying, um, buying some product from someone. Um, and instead of buying it from them, you said, Hey, you know, why don't you sell it to this other guy first? And then let him mark it up and then I'll buy it from him. You know, it's just that illogical. It's, it's, it, you know. Yeah. Cause you're filtering your of, nutrients through an animal when you could just eat the nutrients that the animal ate. <laughs> exactly. And the second law of thermodynamics is uh, basically says that all transfers of energy are imperfect. So when you transfer energy from one thing to another, you're going to lose some of that energy. For example, like, you know, the chemical energy in gasoline, when you burn it to run your, your car, you know, all the chemical energy in that gasoline isn't going to turn into the kinetic energy of the vehicle. You're going to lose a lot of that energy in the form of heat and, um, 
you know, other things like that. So the farther down that chain, the more the energy has to transfer through these different processes before it gets to you, the more of this energy is being wasted. And this is the, the, the principle or the, the concept of entropy and how the universe is constantly moving towards disorder. So we minimize that entropy by just eating plants instead of letting that energy move through so many other things before it gets to us. Um, and so I think the psychedelics played a role in, in me uh, sort of gaining that perspective of that situation. Um, yeah, just understanding it in like in terms of energy and like how yeah, laws just of we're in this universe kind of work. Yeah, just this sea of energy that we're in and like you know and the food chain is is like is just part of that that um unified field of energy and we should get to the source and eliminate as much entropy as possible because you know entropy that disorder that's what that's what causes things like climate change and you know pollution is a another manifestation of entropy um so yeah yeah i love that going like creating another link between veganism and psychedelic experiences that i feel like i can somehow dictate into words or uh bring into words is like when i am doing i feel like when you do mushrooms especially if you take like a pretty big dose of mushrooms what's happening is you're reconnecting to like the purest form of consciousness in my mind like you're kind of tapping into that really pure form of consciousness and to me when you're a child, you're also tapped into that purest form of consciousness because it's before you're domesticated, it's before you form an ego and have any opinions. And you're pretty much this, when you're a child, when you're first born, you're like this pure form of love and consciousness. Like that's pretty much it. Um, and I think that every day, whether I'm doing mushrooms or not, like whether I'm on mushrooms or not, like I'm always trying to tap back into like my childlike state of being. Um, which is love and compassion and yeah, love and compassion, really. That's all that really matters. Um, so when I think of that, when I'm experiencing this feeling of love and unconditional consciousness, when I'm on psychedelic mushrooms, I think of my inner child and I think, what would my inner child do? Like if, if my inner child knew that every time I ate, I had to go kill an animal. As a, as a child, that would be horrific. That would be something I would never choose to do voluntarily. And if I knew as a child, which many children don't that are eating animal products, like they wouldn't eat animals. <laughs> they wouldn't. Like if you, if you were of at course a not. Yeah. and your child is like, oh, I want, I want to get the chicken tenders, mom. I want, I want chicken tenders. And then the server was like, okay, like we have chickens in the back. If your kid wants chicken tenders, they have to go in, in the backyard and, and kill the chicken. Is that cool? They'd be like, no, I'll, they'll get the veggie sticks instead. Like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, absolutely. If kids were aware of the situation, they would. Yeah, I mean, I, this, like, if you were to go to a barbecue and, um, you know, you had the options of like there's burgers and dogs on one side of the grill and there's a bunch of veggies on the other, like sweet potatoes and beans and stuff like that. If you could see, you know, if, if the, if they were all out of, you know, meat and in order for, if you took a piece of meat off the grill, they'd have to replace it with another piece of raw meat and they're out of raw meat. So there's a literal cow standing there and, you know, someone at the barbecue has a gun to the cow's head. And then the same exact situation is on the other side of that grill. And somebody's ready to rip out another potato, a sweet potato out of the ground, or uh, you know, or like, yeah. or some, you know, like which one and would you choose? You, and you saw the immediate uh, consequences of your choice. You know, it's if it was like right in front of you, it would be so obvious. It'd be like, dude, there's kids here. We're all having a good time. Put the gun away. Like, like please fuck. don't murder that cow in front of me. Yeah, That's it's cool. like relax, dude. That's a little over the top. That's not necessary. Like we got other food, dude. And it's so simple when you think of it. And you know, and what sucks about that, the point that you bring up there, is that everyone who defends animal agriculture had to be taught to defend that. And then it becomes part of their worldview, which is part of their ego, part of their identity and stuff like part that. Of their and when you, yeah, when you when you when you throw their worldview into question, 
then that is something that people take personally. And they feel that if they um, have to surrender part of their worldview or adjust it or something, then they are like surrendering part of themselves sort of, and like that they are wrong, you know? And I think that's why it's so helpful to real, to not have, not identify with your ego. We all have egos. It's functional to have, you know, I'm Zach, you're Chloe. It's, it's helpful to like have these egos, these concepts, they help us understand reality and talk about reality. But, um, when you recognize that your identity is transcendental and that you're just this pure formless thingy, um, which I would argue is like the whole universe or whatever you would want to call it, people call it the Godhead. Or, um, but yeah, when you realize that your your identity is transcendental, then you're able to just change. You know, you're able to admit when you're wrong and you're able to shift without feeling like you lost part of yourself or feeling like you're you were you were wrong or a bad person for having that belief that you needed to let go of or, you know, um, yeah. 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 And that's why I like going back to what I was saying about like the inner child and like making these decisions and like recognizing, like for me, every time I have a kind of enlightening experience with psychedelic drugs, like the thing that always comes back to that I feel like I'm being told is like, do whatever aligns with your inner child, like follow whatever you would have loved doing as a child, like do what makes you the most happy as it did when you were a child, like what aligns with the purest form of consciousness, what aligns with unconditional love, what aligns with compassion and apply those into your life. And so for me, like veganism isn't so much about, oh, I'm, I'm choosing to eat potatoes and kale over a steak and cheesy fries or whatever. Like I'm doing it because it's the thing that makes the most sense to the very core of my being because it aligns with love. It aligns with compassion and it aligns with like unity and understanding that like I am not conditional in the way that I think like, oh, I love dogs and cats and I'll have them as pets, but I'm going to cook up a steak and chicken for dinner. And like a lot of people take that so offensively. They're like, oh, I would never eat my dog. And I'm like, okay, well, why wouldn't you eat your dog? Why wouldn't you eat your yeah. dog? Because you love it, and right? Because you love it. Because it's a living being that that's alive and wants to love and wants to be alive yeah. just as much as you do. Totally. And- it, it's amazing. It really is amazing how people are. You can, you can bring up that comparison. Like, how would you feel about killing and eating a dog? And then like, and have them not understand veganism immediately, completely. It's, it's really amazing to watch it. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. I just mean, I'm literally amazed <laughs> when, when people don't, they're like, yeah, but this is just how it is. Or like, no, it's totally fucked up to kill and eat a dog. But like, dude, cows, like we've always eaten cows, you know, what, what do you mean? Why would you even compare it to a dog? And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so blatantly obvious that they are the same in every single way that matters. And yeah, yeah, it's really, it's unbelievable. I just think um, like for everyone listening, if there's something you can take away, like, even if it's not about like going vegan tomorrow, whatever is just like really asking yourself like if your actions align with your morals because like for me that's what veganism was about it was aligning my everyday actions with my morals and also like reconstructing and examining my belief system like do I really think that this is right do I really think that this is okay do I really think that this is loving that this is compassionate because like for me all I care about in everyday life is that I'm being as loving and compassionate and equal equal as possible to human and non-human animals. So yeah, I think just really consider that and like, think about what we're saying, you know, like really embodying, like thinking outside yeah. of self. And it goes back to like what I said at the very beginning of this podcast, when you asked me what practices I've been doing lately and just, yeah, just looking at all of your choices and behaviors and not letting it go unevaluated on, uh, you know, without, um, without careful consideration, you know, because, you know, life is, um, it, like time is precious, you know, like you can't go back and take things back. So it's like, if, 
if you're doing something that's gone unevaluated, you might turn around one day and realize that you were moving in the wrong direction this for such a long time that it's like going to be hard for you to, to, to switch it around at that point. So it's like, we should evaluate all of our behaviors and our choices as early as possible to make sure that everything that we're doing is something that we, we can stand by can like, as, as we move into the future and stuff, we can look at all the things that we've done and say, yeah, I did that on purpose. And I was fully aware of all of the implications of that choice. And, and, and I considered all of those things. And I, and I, after that consideration, I did make that choice. And yeah, it's just, it's definitely important to do that. Yeah. Um, I think, and, I don't know if this is good. Sorry, I'll let you finish. No, you're totally good. You're totally um, good. Go ahead, Eddie. I guess this is kind of like veering a little bit off like so much the animal subjects, but if you, for some reason, whoever's listening, I know a lot of my listeners are probably like vegan or plant-based, but if you're not, that's fine. But like, if you find yourself having a difficult time connecting with animals or you find yourself like you don't really care about animals like whatever that's your choice but this this isn't just an animal issue this is a human issue as well because I had this revelation actually when I was really high one time a few weeks ago about how this the producing animal products whatever the meat industry the dairy industry the egg industry but predominantly the meat industry so the people that are involved in the meat industry the people that literally are working at the slaughterhouses like Think, put yourself in the shoes for a moment of the person who works in the slaughterhouse. Imagine that job. Imagine having that job. Like imagine literally waking up every morning and you're like, cool, my number one job today is to literally kill as many animals as possible in the most brutal, inhumane way ever. And that's what I'm going to do all day. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to put on a lab coat and I'm going to pick up a knife and I'm going to cover myself in blood because I'm going to slit the throats of probably over 600 cows today. And then I'm also going to dump pigs into a live scolding pool of water (laughs) so they burn to death. That's my job. Like imagine when you are buying animal products, you're not just supporting the slaughtering of animals, but you're, you're pretty much saying like, I want someone to do this horrible, atrocious, horrible traumatic job for me and i'm i'm paying them i'm paying that person to go through this mindless horrible traumatic experience every single day for work and that alone for me i will never ever 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 buy animal products because i don't want anyone to have that job i don't yeah i yeah well first of all i love your passion chloe (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) i like feel like my heart actually breaks for those people like I hate when has to do that job and the thing is is that they're so disconnected from it and they're only doing it because they feel like they don't have a choice yeah speaking to that point when the vigil I went to recently I remember one of the activists that was there um was sort of upset with the workers and I sort of I thought that was kind of um not um you know like well well thought out I guess or well you know, a well-placed blame. Um, because so long as the public demands these products, um, there are going to be businesses that will meet that demand and make a profit doing so. And so long as those businesses exist, ex- so long as those businesses exist, they will have jobs that need to get done and they'll hire people to do those jobs. And people who need money will take those jobs. If, yeah. you know it does even a vegan would like <laughs> sadly enough if a vegan was in was stricken by bad enough poverty um you know th- that would be i think that's something you know that's just a little bit of a stretch i guess but <laughs> no but, but it's like true. like that people a lot don't of have a choice they're like, not they, like oh i i want to be a slaughterhouse worker i want to slaughter yeah. animals all day <laughs> i don't think there's a single person who who would want that job and if there is i definitely feel sorry for them because you know something terrible must have happened to them in their past uh, but, yeah but, you know that's not funny but you know like <laughs> you have to if you have to be a really deranged person to, to want to spend your days doing that um yeah, and I think that goes back to like the whole thing that I'm, I'm getting at here by bringing up that point is like not only like by being vegan, like are you having compassionate 
compassion for the animals. Like you're having compassion for these people because at the end of the day, your dollar, the way that you spend your dollar, the, the products that you're buying at the grocery store, the items that you're ordering at, at the restaurant, this is your vote. You're choosing by paying this dollar, by buying this food, I am supporting and encouraging that these people work these atrocious, shitty, traumatic jobs and that these animals die in a horrible, traumatic way. That's what you're doing every time you buy. And like, if you go back to just, I just like want to look people in the eyes so genuinely and be like, I know that you don't understand everything, but I need you to see everything through the eyes of love because it's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one thing that I take solace in when I think about like how how seemingly slow the vegan movement is making progress sometimes. I mean, you know, it's, it's all perspective because it could also be said that it's accelerating faster than it ever has been, which I think it definitely is. Um, yeah. But whenever I feel discouraged, I kind of feel like um, if everything, if we were able to solve all the problems in the world, like really efficiently and quickly, we wouldn't have such a vivid experience as humans here in this particular place in this particular time. Like, because there's such a process, everything that's what gives um, life its texture, I guess. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't be so, um, it wouldn't feel so real if it was like easy to, to move beyond these kinds of things, you know? And it's really interesting how people come around to veganism because like some people will be on the cusp of it forever where they agree with all the principles, but they just can't make that final step to actually commit to changing their lifestyle. And then some people, like I know some people who, you know, would eat meat every day of their life. And then all of a sudden they watch the game changers and some part of that documentary just clicked with them and then boom, they're vegan overnight. Um, so it's, it's all we can do is, you know, is, is do what we can to, to, I think that the, the motto is educate and encourage, you know, you share the realities, you share the truths, you share the facts, and then you encourage people that they could do it and that they should try it and that you're there for them to support them. And yeah, you know, I think it's, it's definitely provided me with a lot of meaning. It's really meaningful to, to to put put yourself into something that's not only going to benefit yourself. Because um, a lot of us spend so much of our lives running around trying to satisfy ourselves that um, to see to be able to see beyond that veil of that that way of living and then do something for someone else or for the world just because because you realize that your individual self is an illusion anyway, and that you're feeding a ghost basically when you're, <laughs> when you're gratifying your ego. Yeah. Then you start doing stuff that really matters and like, and, and you can find real happiness that way. You know, I've noticed that if you, if you, if you, um, if you're feeding your ego and finding satisfaction that way, you'll always be insatiable. There'll never be enough. But then like when you're able to do something for someone else and see beyond your separate self, that you get a sense of satisfaction and a sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. that feels so like valid. And so, um, and then even after it's long gone, it's in the past, you can look back on that moment and still have a taste of that same satisfaction and fulfillment. Whereas a lot of the times when we gratify our egos, like through drugs or sex or money or status or whatever, when you look back on the things you did to pursue and to acquire those things, a lot of times you'll feel ashamed. You'll feel, you know, kind of like cringy about it and it doesn't serve you after it's, it's gone and in the past. And since everything is temporary, if that's the trend for those things, obviously the only, the only winning strategy is to, um, is to look beyond just serving yourself. Yep. And (laughs) it's just, Yeah. Seeing the bigger picture. And it's like kind of asking yourself, like what makes more sense? Like what aligns with me? What aligns with not only me, but like the whole world? Like what is the most, what's going to be like the greatest service to to others? Um, That's something that I've like started when I started diving into spirituality or like just self-awareness and 
when I first started learning about um, veganism, I I think I heard this from Aubrey Marcus, maybe, um, but he said something like, um, please lead me to the highest state of consciousness. I want to be fit for service. Like that's something that he says every day in his meditation. Like, please lead me to a higher state of consciousness. I want to be fit for service. And yeah, I guess that resonates with me in terms of being vegan. But he won't go vegan though, which sucks. I know. <laughs> I think it's only a matter of time until that guy, I, it's only a matter of time until that guy like has the realization and it hits him like a fucking freight train. And he's going to be like, ah, oh, I see, I see what the vegans are up to. I, I get it now. And he's just going to be like, wow. Um, my phone's actually, how long have we been going now? I have no idea. Uh, I think like maybe a little under an hour. Okay. Um, well, I have one um, metaphor that I shared with somebody recently that I think is something that, I mean, we could we could pick this back up in a little bit to wrap it up if you want to, but this is something I wanted to throw in towards the end. Um, and it's sort of like this metaphor I thought of for life at one point, and I think it's, it's a really beautiful metaphor. I think that <laughs> finding yourself finding yourself alive as a human being is sort of like finding yourself um, trapped in a burning building that you can't escape with a blank canvas in front of you. And you're, you're, you and the canvas are both, uh, are both doomed. They're both going to burn in this fire. You can't escape this thing. And you can sit there and not do anything and kind of just like have this sort of like self pity or whatever, or you can create a masterpiece and you're not going to become famous from the masterpiece. Nobody's ever going to see it. Um, just like, you know, even if you become like famous throughout the rest of human history, the sun's going to explode and everybody who ever worshiped you is also going to be gone. <laughs> you have this, you have this opportunity to create a masterpiece in the face of certain, um, you know, destruction and certain, um, you know, annihilation or whatever. And, um, we have an opportunity, um, to live beautifully and live with compassion and love, you know, and obviously that canvas you know, whatever you put on there, obviously it's more beautiful to have, um, you know, animals not being, uh, raised by the billions to be slaughtered. And, um, and in the face of that fire, that's going to burn everything. It's so silly to chase things like status. And, and so, um, things like base jumping, I guess, are, are things I do from like that perspective, that perspective of like, yeah. let's do something let's find some magic here even though it's it's all um for nothing i guess it's kind of just it's like music not to live out of a state of fear <laughs> yeah and just seeing it as an opportunity right seeing life as an opportunity to love and connect and experience beauty and magic and whatever you know yeah. Yeah. love that all right, Zach. So this conversation's been flowing, but I want to kind of wrap it up and kind of ask you a few last questions. Um, one of them is I'm really curious what you want to do with like, or where you see like your future going or where you kind of like what stands in your life that you feel really passionate about pursuing in like the next coming years in terms of all of the things that we've been talking about. Um. So I do right now, um, I still plan to work in skydiving for a long time. That's why I was, that's why I came down to California this week, actually, to pursue my coach rating. So I plan on um, working in skydiving for a long time to at least support myself uh, for now and to continue to um, participate in vegan activism um, as well as you know, also getting more into base jumping and stuff like that. I think I kind of would split my pursuits into two categories. One of them would be to experience as awesome, to have the most awesome experiences I can, which would include things like base jumping and traveling and stuff like that. And then on the other hand, it would be doing work that is beneficial to others that like, um, you know, puts value into the world whether that be through reducing the suffering of animals and people, just reducing the amount of suffering in the world in general. And also um, I do have plans to um, finish a book that I've been working on forever um, that I think would hopefully be helpful to people um, 
because philosophy has always been like one of my biggest passions, which led to my veganism and which led to my lifestyle of um, jumping out of airplanes and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to see uh, some success in um, as a writer or a thinker or speaker or something like that in the future. That would be that would be the dream. That would be awesome. Definitely. But for now, like, paying my bills, jumping out of airplanes, and standing up for the animals. <laughs> That's a great combo, honestly. <laughs> all the priorities, all the main priorities. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I think that you have, and you guys should all follow Zach on Instagram because he has very entertaining stories regarding veganism and philosophy and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, you do a really good job about, um, I don't know, like articulating veganism in a way that just seems so blatantly obvious. Um, and I like that you're a voice for men going vegan because i feel like there's this weird ideology around it being weird that guys are vegan and we need to end that <laughs> yeah yeah i'm really happy to be um uh you know representing the dudes and trying to like i th i've noticed that women are much more emotionally motivated to go vegan and men are a lot more logically motivated so when i bring up mm -hmm. things like uh, not that either one is better than the other or better or worse or anything, but I've, you know, it, I've noticed I have a lot of success with dudes when I just make it seem so logically obvious that we should be vegan and not so yeah. much like, don't you feel bad for the animals, man? You know, cause a lot of the, the unfortunate truth is a lot of men see that as being soft or being, you know, not, it's not a manly thing to do to, to be concerned with the feelings and, and emotions of animals you know right. even though if they watched earthlings on their own time they would probably be bawling hysterically on their <laughs> in their bed if they were ever locked up in a facility like that they would be crying for their mommies <laughs> they, <laughs> they would at that point they would be pretty uh pretty uh Rock. not <laughs> yeah they'd be they'd so tough then, right? Do you would you recommend or how do you feel about the documentary The Game Changers? You've watched it, I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely I've watched it. I think it's a fantastic documentary. Um and I've I I think it's been one of the most effective documentaries too. Uh I know so many people that have um gone vegan because of that documentary, especially uh, men like we were just talking about a lot of dudes who um because that that documentary in particular isn't doesn't talk that much about animal rights it mostly talks about health and um and uh environmentalism and um the science i i love referring to science when talking about veganism yeah. and uh, so there's so much science in that documentary I think everybody should watch it. I think whether you go vegan from watching it or not, it, it, it delivers so much relevant information, so much accurate, relevant information that is largely um, unknown by the public. So yeah, fantastic documentary. Definitely watch it. Yeah. Hi. I think I've actually watched it four times, even though obviously I'm already vegan. I don't need any validation to go vegan, but I really enjoy it. And it inspires me. It's so inspiring. That's what I think too. Like I've watched it several times too. Not because like I need, I ha I don't get the message, you know, but because it's so inspiring to see what people are doing um, as vegans. And, um, and it gets me makes me want to see what I'm capable of on a vegan diet. And so I can be one of these people that's able to say, look what I was able to do as a vegan. Yeah. Uh, so do this, like, you know, what do, what do we need meat for, you know? Yeah, totally. And for everyone listening, if you're not aware of this documentary, it should be available for everyone worldwide on Netflix. Um, and it's really incredible. Maybe I can link it in the show notes when this is done. But yeah, highly recommend it. And also, even if you can just, you know, switch your gears towards a more plant-based diet that's extremely beneficial as well. So yeah, definitely check out that documentary. It is amazing, especially for 
all the dudes out there that have skepticism or who are athletes or lifting weights or surfing or whatever the case may be. Um, really incredible and really inspiring and informational in so many ways. Informative. Totally. Informational? Is that a word? <laughs> Informative. <think> so. <laughs> a good try. Informative. Um, cool. Well, I think that if you, unless you have any last minute things you want to add um, into this conversation, and then I have one last question for you. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Amazing. Okay. Well, we kind of touched on this in the beginning, but I would love for the sake of the infinite creators podcast, if you could answer one final question, which is what is your definition of love? Um, so yeah, we did talk, touch on it a little bit, but my initial instinctual, like, um, you know, um, response to that would be, I think it's like a remembering of like the truth about things. Like, um, like you said, like when you take mushrooms, you kind of like get to this pure, like state where, um, you know, your childlike self or whatever. And you remember like how beautiful everything is. And you remember how like you are part of everything and everything's part of you. And, um, you know, I think it's recognizing others as yourself and, and, um, not yourself as in your limited ego self, but your true self. And when you like, so when you fall in love with someone and you're just in awe of them, you're getting a glimpse of this infinite, um, you know, reality that is what all of us are. And it is like this infinite eternal phenomena that is like, that is love, I guess. And yeah, we are, it, it kind of like breaks itself apart and gets lost in, as, you know, and that's what we are. We are fragments of it, I guess, kind of like forgetting what we really are and, and, and believing ourselves to be these, these little humans that are like, you know, alone and um, up against this world, you know, but really there's only, it, there's no us in here in the world out there. It's all just this one um, continuous um, energy like like we were talking about earlier too and I think being in love is remembering that all of that and I think um, you know love itself is like it's hard to define because it's like I would say it's synonymous with things like truth and like uh, passion unity yeah consciousness uh, energy light um it's just like the fundamental material that the entire universe is made of <laughs> and it's what we are love that the fundamental material of what the universe is made of love is the life driving force within us yeah i think well this is this is a thought i've been playing with recently too that actually fits in here kind of nicely is like you know like i said i have a background in physics i think about how energy energy always has a label it always comes in a form you have mechanical energy chemical energy you have like light and heat and um, you know all these different forms that energy can take on but what is energy before it takes on any form and i would argue that the answer to that question is like um could be described as love or as light or as like consciousness probably conscious yeah like consciousness and you know yeah so it's and it's the formless energy it's 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 the energy before it manifests as any particular thing, it was love, I guess. I don't know. It's, 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 I love it's, that. No, it's good. Like, yeah. I love that. I, I think that it's yeah. the highest possible vibration. Like, love evokes the highest possible vibration. Yeah, totally. Love yeah, that. And it's, and it's, um, it's got that timeless nature to it, right? It's like, it's not in the future. It's not in the past. It's always here. I mean, you know? love that. Thank you for that answer. Thanks. Well, I heard really define it, but that's my best shot. Love it. Amazing. Well, thank you, Zach, for holding this conversation with me. Hopefully for all of you listening, it was insightful or inspiring or 
kind of shed some light on things that you may have not talked about before, or maybe it encouraged you to go find some magic mushrooms. Um, but either way, let us know what you thought of it and definitely follow Zach on Instagram and connect with him. Um, or maybe if you're in Las Vegas, you can jump out of an airplane with him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'd love to have you. <laughs> So cool. Yeah, we'll end that here. And thank you again, Zach. Yeah, thank you, Chloe. That concludes this episode for today. I acknowledge you for taking the time out of your day to expand your level of awareness with me. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, I encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you choose to share it on your Instagram story, feel free to tag me at infinite.creators and let me know what you loved about it. If you wrote a review, don't forget to screenshot it and email it to me so I can send you a free copy of my cookbook or my dream life workbook. Thank you again so much for listening. Your support means the world to me, and I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.